Welcome to the New Yorker's January 24th, 2011 issue. We have seven articles for you. In the talk of the town, Nick Palmgarten writes about a new instrument that is hitting discordant notes. And Ian Fraser reports on waiting for meteors in Queens. Next, Canaletta writes about how AOL believes there is a future in journalism. Then, Ryan Lizza reports on how the congressman who's about to make life more difficult for President Obama has had some troubles of his own. After that, Nancy Franklin writes about how the goddess of daytime television is extending her reach with the 24-hour Oprah Winfrey Network. And finally, in the current cinema, David Denby reviews the number one box office hit, The Green Hornet, starring Seth Rogen, and Ron Howard's comedy, The Dilemma, starring Vince Vaughn and Kevin James. But first, it's this week's comment. In Words and Deeds, Hendrik Hertzberg writes about the rhetoric surrounding the shooting in Tucson. On October 5, 1995, as the Knesset was meeting to ratify the Second Oslo Agreement, 30,000 Greater Israel Zealots, Likud Party supporters, militant West Bank settlers, and right-wing nationalists rallied in Jerusalem's Zion Square. For months, certain ultra-Orthodox rabbis and scholars had been suggesting that, because Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin was willing to consider territorial concessions in negotiations with the Palestinians, it would be permissible, even obligatory, to kill him. In Zion Square, protesters carried pictures of Rabin, doctored to show him in Nazi uniform or with crosshairs over his face. The crowd chanted, Rabin Boged! Rabin is a traitor, and again and again, death to Rabin. From a balcony, prominent opposition politicians, including Benjamin Netanyahu, looked on benevolently and uttered no rebukes. A month later, at another, larger rally, this one for peace, Rabin was assassinated. In 1995 in Jerusalem, the connection between talk and action was direct and unmistakable. The killer, Yigal Amir, a student of Jewish law, was an activist of the organized religious right. He was neither delusional nor incoherent. I did this to stop the peace process, he explained at a court hearing. We need to be cold-hearted. He acted with a clear political purpose, one that he shared with much of the mainstream religious and secular right. Within six months, Netanyahu was prime minister. Rabin's widow, Leah, and many other Israelis never forgave him for what they...